Good morning, Jay. Good morning. Hey, Jason? what's the, what's the what's the difference between me and you? Well, sometimes I think not much. Not you know, not much at all. I feel like we have a lot of things in common and whatever where at work, people seem to get our names mixed up. Yeah, that's right. You know, a lot of our audience doesn't know that side of us, so you guys you you guys only know us by our uh, dirty, mm-hmm. dirty, uh, competitive fantasy baseball ways. Yes. And to be quite honest with you, Jay and I were talking before the show started, and uh, this was a perfect, perfect opportunity to to talk about the Keystone. That's right. Because there's a lot of guys where you're like. What's the difference? Yeah. What is the difference? A few themes when we when we talk about the keystone position. And yes, like you said, you people don't know that we're out there saving lives every day at work, but we, we are. We are the keystone. We're the keystone of healthcare. Of health healthcare, we're the glue. What a, what do you want to call it? Anyways, um, yes, we have a lot in common. And uh I think some of these guys at the top and the bottom of this second base list have a lot in common. Anyways, we Not are only the that, fantasy but baseball podcast transitioning into our second base podcast. <laughs> ever so awkwardly transitioning from, well, I just wanted to talk about myself a little I, more. It's okay. And Go you ahead, just Jay. moved on. Jay. Let's talk about how we've been saving Jay. lives for seven, eight years. Jay, we talk about each other's feelings all the time. I know. We need to talk about I these second I talked about baseball. my feelings off air. Okay, okay. You're right. We need, but to, if you want, we need to stick to baseball today. We, we, gotta, we can save a special little five-minute like, time span at the end of the podcast where if our listeners want to continue listening, we can therapeutically talk about your emotions. Should we take calls? I mean, we could, but maybe we should just keep the content to second base. Okay. Fantasy. All right. All right, guys. Fair right. enough. This this is our working relationship, guys. Bear with us here. Uh, we we have a loaded show for you today, and we are so excited to talk about second baseman. Uh, there are going to be some things that make you guys wow today. I, I will say when I, I was doing my preparations last night, I did not realize how statistically loaded loaded this base was. Uh, yeah, this position on the infield was. And we're going to throw some opinions out there that you guys are going to disagree with. And some of you may be enlightened and encouraged to agree. And I encourage you to give us feedback. We would love that. Um, thank you for listening. But, Jay, we'll, we'll start here. Uh, so, just like every positional rankings that we've been doing, we've come up with, um, I call it like an ideal stat floor. And again, for those of you who have not been listening, this is just an average. I took the statistics from last year. I rank my top 20. There's bias. There's bias in everybody's ranking. I utilize what I know about the players and the statistics from last year. Specifically runs, home runs, RBIs, stolen bases, batting average, and on-base plus slugging percentage. Now, of those top 20 that I ranked, 
I do compare them to other sites too. I have my own. I use multiple sources to look to to formulate these. So that being said, of those top twenty that I rank for deep league purposes, most leagues do not go deep in the sixteen. Some go deep as twenty to twenty four, but those are all dynasty. And there's some dynasty content to our podcast because we are a deep league podcast for sure. But I take the top 16 of my top 20 and average them out. And I average them out in the categories, again, of runs, home runs, RBIs, stolen bases, average, and OPS, which is on base plus slugging percentage. And it gives us a what a, a barometer. Now, some of these numbers, when we say them, are just, this is what's going to wow you. There are some outliers in this in this position. However, I'm not going to get into that until I talk about them. And when I allude to them, I will take them out and you will still be surprised at what the numbers are. So without further ado, this position group, I'll have you know, outperforms first base, shortstop, and third base. And the categories of batting average on base plus slugging percentage, yes, I will say that again, second base outperforms first base, third base, and shortstop in on base plus slugging percentage. And then also second base outperforms all three of those categories. By the way, they outperform catcher and everything too. Uh, and runs scored. So Jay... Wait, did you mention stolen bases in that? They don't outperform them in stolen bases. Shortstop so far has the cake and steals. Wow. Yeah, I didn't look at that. So Some anyways, of these players are on both lists, but okay. Yeah, yes, yes, we do have multiple positional players. Yes. Um, and as we will start talking about the top, uh, our top guy is eligible in two other positions. However, there's two outliers where if we take them out, the numbers still are in the favor of second base over first base, third base, short up. So without further ado, we will start discussing these rankings. But before we do, Jay, is there anything that you want to start the show off by by saying anything you want to talk about about this ideal stat floor barometer? Um, anything you notice? Anything else you want to add? Well, I, I agree with you, and I think we, we ended up in 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 my analysis, I feel like we ended up essentially on the same page with a lot of the same themes for this position. It is deceptively deep. I think well, I don't even know if it's deceptive on the face of it. I think if you want to go further down the list Do of people who are not in the top rankings, because whenever we look at these lists, we rank the top fifteen or twenty, and I always look further. I I always look down to 30, 35 on the list to inform me about the value of these players because really what we're talking about is draft day. We're talking about draft and, Absolutely. and average draft position, you know, where where these guys are gonna co- go off the board on draft day. And so the first way that I looked at this position is what you're paying on draft day, the and the and whether it's worth it to to pay the price, and you got you got some top guys in this position, and then there's obviously a drop off, and there's a lot of debate, you know, with the rest of these spots. 
Um, one of the themes that I, that came out of this, and we're going to talk about this more, is uh, who are these people? Um, a lot of the people on this list are young, and they have a relatively short, not relatively, a short, rapid ascent through the minors, and so a pretty small minor league uh, career for us to look at and examine. Most all of these guys have shown a uh, rapid improvement at the major league level. Um, Zach Geloff is kind of a question mark there. I think we need to see another season and see what happens in a full season, maybe in the major leagues, if that's what is about to happen. Is he about to play a full season in the major leagues? Um, and then, of course, as our theme music um laid out the what's back the 20. difference we're gonna ask there's a whole lot of what's the difference what's the difference i should say the back when the back 10 the back half of, of my top 20. yes so we're gonna ask what's the difference between some of the people near the top of this list and some of the people near the bottom of this list or that maybe you didn't even quite make it on this list um and then you brought up position eligibility and i think that that's important when we're looking at this list because well you might start asking yourself and and maybe based on the composition of your own individual team, what is it that I'm trying to get out of the second base position? Position because I think you could go, you could have different strategies. Are you trying to contribute in all categories? Are you going to leave stolen bases off the table? Are you going to say look for someone who actually plays in the corner infield a lot too, like Spencer Steer? Brandon Drury plays first base and has a little bit more of a corner infield profile. Are you going to try to get obviously Turner, power? Would one you, of, would one you of the old that? adages with second base is you're trying to get power out of the second base position, right? You're trying to get some power out of the position, I think, is what historically people have tried to do. Um, and it's a tricky thing. And you, what you see early in people's careers isn't always what you see later in their careers. And they pretty much fall off the face of the earth in terms of power. So I feel like that's a trap you can kind of fall into with the second base position. So Jay, what do you want to get out of it? So this is before we... You want 30, 40 t- stolen bases? Well, you want a, this you want a 350 average? That. This position offers that. What do you want? You want 30 bombs? Before we talk about what we want, I want to put an epitaph to one of your favorite players. Um, I'm sorry for your loss, Jay, uh, but Tommy Edmond is not in the top 20. Um, and I believe it, it's time that we as a fantasy community realize that while still a productive player, this guy has been overvalued for way too long. And... um Maybe if we just start drafting him post 200, you know, then um, we might be better off and and we might see a rebirth of something new with him. But I think the days of ranking Tommy Edmonds as a sleeper towards the top 10 of the position are over. ADP is still inside the top 150 as Uh, we speak. I know. Okay. But I'm not arguing with you. Okay. I'm not going to. Well, you can argue with man. He's he uh he's he's eligible at multiple positions. He is a utility guy in in fantasy. Um, 
And I don't know, I'm not real sure what's, I've got to look at, uh, you know, St. Louis lineup and figure out, you know, how is this going to function throughout a whole season? Right now, I think, I think Roto Champ right now has got him in the bottom of the lineup. Ah, Let's see. You know who else is eligible? They got, do they have Brendan Donovan Jay? batting lead off? I th- think he well he just muddies the water for him can i tell it, you it does it it, it really makes should. it hard to so they've got tommy edmund batting eighth right now okay and that's right. not you know this isn't bible but but if you look at their lineup you look at who's in the in Jay. the heart of their lineup you've got newt bar projected about third donovan but but those are interchangeable Jay. tommy edmund could be at the top Jay. and donovan could be in the eight hole Jay, we got a show to show to tell. You opened up this can of worms. I did, but you know, I didn't think you were going to take the bait and run with it. Dude. Are we going to talk about this top 20 players, or do you want to keep talking about Tommy Edmund? About someone who just fell off the list? I don't oh, know. My list. He can be on your list if well, you hey, want. Well, hey, here's the deal. It's just more value here's for the me deal. the draft table. It goes back to my top theme, which is... It's a price issue in what you're paying for. Mm-hmm. You want to pay, do you want to pay top 100 price for Hassan Kim and hope for power and speed? Or do you want to wait and take Tommy Edmund? I don't want either. You want to take Nico Horner in the top 100 of, no. of fantasy players and hope for what? What are you. We're gonna, Anyways, we're going to get, we're gonna get, we're gonna get to you're, this. You're making a lot of good questions because I think what's towards the, the middle of our list, what's we're going to What's the be difference between Nico Horner and Tommy Edmund? Uh, um, well, injury history for one. Nico Horner is kind of too – I am not going to do this, Jay. All when right, we start all right. talking about Nico we'll get Horner. There. One by we'll, one. We'll, we'll talk about Tommy Edmund. We'll talk so, about okay. how Nico Horner – Okay. Stole 43 bases last year. That's not going to happen again. He didn't do it in the... I mean... We just don't... How do you know? Based off their minor league track record, which is very short. Is he going to... He's not going to do that again? I'm worried for our listening audience that we are creating so many questions and yet we let into the show. My God, it's racing. I... I'm lost now. I'm lost in the in the rankings. I yeah. don't know where to go. Who are these people? Well, let's find out. All we need is just a little patience. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. That was that's one of our themes for today. It is, ladies and gentlemen. That was Jay's take of Guns N' Roses. Oh yeah. So. I don't think that's... You can't copyright that. You can. can I do that for more than 15 seconds? No, Jay. All right. So, getting to these rankings, people. Thank you so much for bearing with us here. But no, seriously, this this is some of the stuff we're going to be... You know, the nuts and bolts we're going to be talking about today. This stat floor that we'll, we'll talk... We'll convey to you at the end of the show is going to wow you. But we got to start at the top. So, 
Jay, uh, I'm I'm curious. We go back and forth here. So I rank my at the top. I go Mookie Betts, Ozzy Albies, Marcus Simeon, Jose Altuve, and then Ketel Marte. Um, I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about Mookie Betts. We talked about him in depth on the Shortstop podcast, and we're going to talk about him on the Outfield podcast. Yeah. Uh, but I will um, allude to Ozzy Albies, Marcus Simeon, Jose Altuve, and the others. But uh, actually, or or weekend, like, like, do you have a different top five? But if you do, where do you vary with me? Because. This this is um, uh, I think about five is where it starts to get a little, a little different. Uh, no, I would not uh, argue with you. Yes, it's going to get a little bit different, but I I think Betts is number one. Obviously, he's kind of far and away. Um, you know, I don't think that age or anything else, like any kind of regression factors into that at this point. We just have to. You just have to think that he's going to keep doing this, like. I, I don't, you know, when does a guy like him start to You're drop? talking about Mookie Betts. Yeah, Mookie correct. Betts. Like, yeah. when does someone like him start to drop off statistically? Like, you just have to wait and see. Like, he could be 34 years old and still do this. I have no idea. You know, you, it's hard to predict. But he's great, obviously, and is going to continue to be. I agree with you. I have Albies above Marcus Simeon, if nothing else, simply because we brought this up before. You guys know I'm very ageist. And I would take the 27-year-old Albies over the 33-year-old Marcus Simeon. So Ozzy Albies... If nothing else for that reason alone. Ozzy Albies put up a stat line last year of 96 runs, 33 home runs, 109 RBI, 13 steals, a 280 average, and an 849 OPS. Now, Jay, um, perhaps this is the contrarian in me, but... Contextually speaking, this screams peak season. Agree with me or disagree with me and then tell me why. Well, I, I'm i going to disagree. I'm going to say at his age, I think that he How can... How old is he? He's 27 years old. Okay. So. I think that he can do this again. And I think that he went into this season saying, I'm... To, to 2023, saying, I'm healthy, my legs are healthy, I want to steal 25 bases this year. He did. And I want, and he, well, he didn't, but he, he stole 13. He stole 13, which is about the same as the other two guys in this top three. I, I, what I'm saying is, he had that as a goal. He, he stole a fair amount of bases. He got, you know, 33 bombs, which I, I, I think he can do it again. I, I don't see why. He can't do that again if his legs are healthy and he just – And it, keep in mind too, okay, Ozzie Albies – so what What were the knocks on Ozzie Albies going into last season? Well, we don't know where he's going to bat in the lineup. He was started off the year batting sixth in the lineup and he very quickly – he just consistently was excellent and he got up to that second spot in the lineup and never looked back. And so what happens this year? Do we just start at the two hole and just stay there all season? So that's but my case. But is he going to hit 109 RBIs out of the two hole? Okay, fair this, enough. This but he spent a short. I'm going to make the case against. I, I hear you. I think he spent a relatively probably short amount of time 
in the second half of the lineup. So, um, yes. Um, and who's hitting first? Is Acuna hitting behind him? No. In the three Acuna hole? Acuna's always the number one. Okay. So, yes. He can hit. If if Acuna can score, you know, 120-some runs, then, yeah, he can hit over 100 RBIs. So I, I think he can do this again. And I think that um, think if, you, if there was any question, it was answered last year. Like, this guy belongs in that two-hole. He's the quintessential two-hole second base guy. And I think until we see this power drop off, like, you just have to keep riding this. Okay. All right. Into Thank the sunset. You. I see your case Stay on the Ozzy Albies train. I'm staying on the Ozzy Albies train, and I'm not getting off until... I love it. I love it, Jay. See. I see yeah. your case for it. I'm going to give you the case against. And this, is just for, this is just for people to think. Look, Ozzy Albies is the cream of the crop when it comes to second base. Amongst a few others, but he is there. Now, I'm giving you the case against so that when you're looking for trades... To maybe improve in other areas, to utilize his value to your advantage, because I truly believe that was a peak season. Ninety six runs, that's repeatable. I think he can get over a hundred runs, especially in well, that lineup. Behind him now, hitting second behind Acuna and hitting in front of Austin Riley and Matt Olson. Yeah, yeah, thirty three home runs. Who's after that? Tyler Murphy. Yeah, a lot of other people. A lot of other good hits. He'll be on here, Jay, though. I, I, I think he's going to go over 100 runs. Okay. That's repeatable. All right. 33 home runs. That's debatable. I think that's peak season. We've never seen that kind of power from him before. Have Not you seen him swing? Have you seen I have. Swing? I have. Have you seen the power? I have. The power Jay, stroke? I don't think... He's going to hit 33 home runs again. Are that's, his arms going to break? Like, Are his legs going to break? Possibly. His leg, his knee might break. With but, his injury history, and I'm sorry, you knew this was coming at some point I know, in time. I know. The second you something happens, this. When his you're soft this kind tissue of injury, right, his right. legs, which he's had multiple of, it affects your liftoff when you swing the bat. So, yes. Okay. I do not think he's going to hit 33 home runs again. Could he hit 27, 28? Fine. If that number is 27, 28, I would give that to you. Yeah. Because I do think he'll hit mid to high 20s. Like consistently. Okay. 109 RBIs. No. That's not repeatable. He's hitting second in the order. He's going to go up in runs and down in RBI. He got 109 runs, mostly because they started the year with Michael Harris hitting in the two-hole and Albies hitting down fifth or sixth. So he had a lot of RBI opportunity. Something we're leaving out here, that Atlanta offense just had one of the historically greatest seasons of all time. Yeah. And that whole lineup from top to bottom. Now look, well, that most of them question. are back, but... There's going to be just slight regressions in a lot of areas because history shows us that to repeat a season as magical as the one that they just had 
probably won't happen again. But is that their end goal? No, their end goal is to win the World Series, which is something that's eluded them. Well, I shouldn't say something that's eluded them. They won it in 2021. Yeah. But with this offense that they have, I'm sorry, the pony show with the Dodgers versus the Braves in the National League, and as long as other teams like the Phillies keep butting their way in, these statistical magical seasons are going to go in the record but unrewarded. So ultimately, I think the Braves would trade a little bit of regression for a World Series. However, that's that's another story. His RBIs are going down. Yeah. 13 steals, that's repeatable. But isn't that a little disappointing, though, given where we're at? That he wanted to steal 25 bases or so? I mean, yeah, a little bit, but I'll take that, you know, and I think it puts him— he runs more, does that put him in more entry risk? And from a management standpoint, as good as he is, you can see why he he sometimes ends up in the five six hole because of his ability to knock in runs. Like, why wouldn't you sometimes do that? And then you can follow him up with, you know, how some teams they're so good. You got two, uh, you have two essentially two top four or five batting lineups, right? You got a one two three four one two three four yeah. type of scenario. Where you got another leadoff two guy. The Braves can totally mix a match. You can throw Michael can. Harris in the right. two hole exactly. and slip Albies down. Exactly. Yeah. So you, it makes sense to, you know, um, yeah. There's so many different ways probably that, that that could go. And ultimately, you know. I think his 280 average is very repeatable. And 849 OPS pretty repeatable. So there's a chance we're looking at a plateau season. I think you're going to see a little bit of regression on the RBIs and uh, and the home runs. So what and you... a little bit of a boost in runs, but overall his value stays at the top of the second base board. You know, with Mookie Betts and the next two guys we're going to talk about. Yeah. Uh, so that being said, let's just move on. Um, Marcus Simeon. Little snippet on him. He's gotten over seven hundred plate appearances, I think, the last two years in a row. Like he is he is as consistent as it comes and he's such a cheat code because he is the king of, of volume and he uh if you look at his stat line, he got a hundred RBIs on the nose with a two seventy six average and uh let's see. 29 home runs. So his stat line, 122 runs, 29 home runs, 100 RBIs, 14 steals, 276 average, 826 OPS. Jay, everything we were just talking about, I'll say Albies, this is actually what I think Albies' line is more or less going to look like. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe that RBI total goes to the lower 90s. But what Marcus Simeon is, is I think what Ozzy Albies is. I, I think the only difference here is Albies is a little bit younger. And I, I'm, I'm thinking Marcus Simeon here in the next year or two. These numbers are just going to slightly diminish. But he's so far away and above everybody else that it's so easy to rank him here. When you go down to number four, it's Jose Altuve. Now, he missed a Good chunk of the year, uh, thanks to his injury early right. on. What's that, a hand? I yeah, uh, hit yeah. by pitch. Yeah, broken okay. hand early on. 
Was that in the World Baseball Classic? Yes. Or was that? Yes. Wait a minute. Was it? Or was, or was that, it just like spring just training? Spring training. Early in the season. I I know. I, I, either way, we're not we're not gonna get into that. That's that was what yeah. Because injuries do happen. So, uh, but he. So his counting stat didn't look great. Seventy six hundred fifty one RBIs, but. You've got to take into account he only had like 338 playing appearances this season. And he hit 311 with a 915 OPS. This guy just keeps doing it and yeah. is defined by their time. But he has a chance to continue to define by their time. Because like Mookie Betts, where he's standing out, are areas where we're worried about a, a drastic drop-off. He's... Hitting for a high average, he's producing runs, he gets on base. He runs when the opportunity presents itself, but he's not looking to run. He's right. just looking to get on base so he can get knocked home. Um, I feel like there's a clear top four. And then it gets really debatable about five. Yes, it does. I'll um, let you kind of unveil the rest of my ranking here. I just really wanted to touch on that. Back. Yeah, I mean, really, my only question about Marcus Simeon is where does he hit in the lineup? Is he going to lead off still? I mean, the, he's he projected to. to hit lead off still. Well, and if Wyatt if he, Langford comes on the scene and is everything everybody's anointing him to be, I still think Simeon leads off. Yeah, but I, I think, I think, yeah, I, yeah, I, I cannot see a scenario even with Langford coming in with Carter hitting yeah, up yeah. higher, like, right. like Simeon. Know, it's like look who now, gets pushed Seager, to the bottom they, of there. They, they can fluctuate Seager between the two and the three hole. Right, Seager can hit third if they want to plug one of those guys in the two spot. Yeah, Adolis you know, Garcia is kind of. Four changeable. Yeah, he's more four or five. He's your RBI producer. Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, not much else to say about those guys. So number five just starts to get interesting. All right, what you got here? I rank Cattell Marte fifth, and a lot of people would have Matt McLean fifth. Yeah. So yeah, that's more of like the consensus right now. But uh, I, I, I can't. uh, argue with you i mean here's here's what i looked at with with Ketel Marte. he's right there with gliber torres in in these rankings um just from like from a consensus standpoint again you when you say these rankings you're not referencing mine you're referencing fantasy. yeah i'm referencing yahoo and fantasy pros okay. and some of these other rankings okay, okay. so, so he cumulative. He's, well and he's he's in the top 10 let's put it that way um, any way you cut it. Um, I just looked at the fact that statistically he's been a very similar uh, player to Gliber Torres. Um, but Cattell Marte, at 30 years old, he's started to, um, and you know, with him and Torres, it's kind of like we're. Um, we're chasing the old 19, you know, we're chasing the 2019, um, version 32 home run total. How many you know? people are we chasing from 2019? Because it just took 15 home run hitters and turned them into 30 home run hitters. The right. world will never see a ball so juiced again. But Marte hit 25 last season, um, 276 average, 843 OPS, 
Um, what I like too is that he walked seventy one times and and with with a hundred nine strikeouts. You know, I I like the seventy walks. I like the twenty five bombs. So I can't argue with you. And I think I think that the team around him has just gotten better and better. And I and think I you think, have to kind of factor that in. And he's gonna hit toward. He's gonna hit like one two. Sometimes even three. Yeah, maybe he's going to hit three. the top of the lineup. Because if their team last year, it's like Lourdes Gurriel could be the three hitter because he or was he the could best. Be the seven or eight. Hitter, well, he could. That's right. But he is like a three hole guy because he's a, one of the best hitters, like skill hitter. I'm talking about Gurriel. The point is, Marte could be the best hitter on that team. Are you keeping Gurriel? At any given time. Are you going to keep Gary out? No, I don't think so. Sidebar. No. No. You know, I was looking at the stats. I had to consider it. I had to consider it again, all over again, because I there's like five or six guys in that category. The, my problem is in the Premier League, I got to trade someone if Ladies I'm going to keep Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking guys. about a couple of our home leagues, the Fantasy Premier League and the Fantasy Forever League. They're both 16-team head-to-head categories. Uh, sorry, sidebar action so going on there. Back so. to Gitel Marte. You know, at thirty years old, can we expect another season like this? Yeah, I think so. And like I said, I think the team around him's gotten better and better. He's got some all star type guys around him now that you know Corbin Carroll's going to be electric again. I don't think there's any reason to doubt that. So I like his prospects for putting up a lot of stats. And I, I agree with you, and it gets to the point of, you know, who are these other people? Who is Matt McClain? We're going to talk about that. In, the who is? Who are, what's the difference? Who are, not what's the difference? Who are these people? Well, some of it, what's the difference? Okay. So, so to, to rattle off your five through ten, you know? My six, well, my five is Marte. Uh, my six through ten... I rank, and I realized, look, again, some people are going to have this completely different, and that's okay. Please right. give us feedback. Some people are going to have opposes. Kim in the top ten. They're going to have Spencer Steer in the top ten. Shh. You're giving away my rankings, Oh, Jay. Oh, sorry. Go. Keep going. Sorry. It's okay. No, really. Matt McClain, I rank six. Bryson Stott, I rank seven. Luis Arias, I rank eight. Nico Horner, I rank nine. And Gleiber, Gleiber Torres, I rank ten. Now, there's that's a lot to unload. It um, is. Some of them, the consensus agrees and they belong there. Some others, the consensus is going to be like, why do you rank them there? At the second base position, I agree with you that Luis Arias jumps up in the rankings versus the first no. base position. He first, offers you at second base more of what you are looking for from the so, second base position, maybe. So you want to skip to that? Let's just let's just let, let, let me let and me break we'll this unpack down. Who I'm are all these a, young I'm guys? I'm going to give you a little snippet of each 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 of these individuals. You know, I'm not going to talk too much about Nico Horner. We talked about him on the shortstop podcast, but Matt McClain. I think we touched on him a little bit too. But Matt McClain, dual eligible, plays in Cincinnati, uh, it's a very small ballpark. Now, like 
Can he do it again? I don't know. He only got 350-ish played appearances last year. So the jury's going to be out. But he hit for a 290 average. Okay. And he he is a home run speed guy. I believe he hit 14 bombs. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm looking. Who? McLean? Yeah. Uh, hit 16 home runs in 16. 2023. In 365 and, at-bats. Yeah. And how many steals? 14. Yeah. Okay, so 65 runs, 16 home runs, 50 RBIs, 14 steals, a 290 average, and a 64 OPS. Okay, so the percentages, the average and OPS show you that over extrapolated over like 550 play appearances, this is a 2020 guy. Yep. And this is uh, exciting. Yes, I agree. And I agree with the consensus too. His minor league track record would... Indicate that, indicate that he is he a has, polished prospect. Yes, and he has stolen bases in the minor league system. He stole 27 in double A in 2022, only got caught three times. That was he also walked 70 times. So, then, you know what that 171 at bats in double A. I love that. You know, I love guys that can take a walk. He is you know, a smart that. baseball player. Yes, he is. Yes, Playing in a very favorable home park. And he's and, got youth on his side. Yes. So obviously, I, I get what the consensus, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I think do I'm too. right along with the consensus. And, Some and people would have him fifth. He hit six. 340 with a one, with an OPS over 1,000 in 2023 and AAA waiting to come to the big leagues. I mean, this guy was ready. And that he, was in Indianapolis, right? Uh, was it? No, no, no. no Cincinnati is in, it's Louisville. They're, they're the Pirates. Louisville. Louisville. Yeah, yeah. Louisville, Louisville. Bats. the Louisville Bat. Yeah, yeah. All right, okay. Yeah. Getting my minor league farm systems mixed up. <laughs> uh, well, the so the Indians used to be they, they the did. Brewers back in the day, and we're, now they're a Pirates. When we talking the Indians, we're talking the, the Indianapolis, Indianapolis Indians, Indians, the AAA affiliate of the Pittsburgh yeah. Pirates. Back in the day, they were Brewers, um, right? But now they're so, Pirates. Anyways. Moving on, Bryson Stott, he hit 15 home runs and 31 steals, okay? Here, here's the thing. If if they didn't have the Phillies, being they, didn't have the unorthodox Kyle Schwarber in the leadoff spot, which it's so weird. Naturally, he he's like your premium cleanup hitter, but for what he does, he takes so many walks. And he's such a three true outcomes player that he's so good at getting on base. It is kind of like a cheat code for the Phillies to just bat him lead off because they have Bryce Harper. They have Nick Castellanos. They have Trey Turner. They have Alec Baum. They have JT Wilmito. They have guys that know how to drive in runs. Yeah. Um, which kind of works against Bryson Stott because I feel like he. Is only like twenty five or twenty six, I believe. Yeah, he's got room. Like to me, he looks like the quintessential two hole player that could score over a hundred runs. He hit for a two eighty average last year yeah. with a seven forty one OPS. So the thing with Stott is, I love the lineup contact, even if he's hitting fifth or sixth. It's more RBI opportunities, less runs, but still, that that lineup from about one through seven 
is right there on par with the Braves and the Dodgers. Yeah, I agree with you. He, he last season, uh, Bryson walked thirty nine times and struck out a hundred times. So I that I think is in line with what you're saying that he it it bodes more for him batting in an RBI. I would argue he could improve upon that. He's oh, I think just he could. hitting later in the lineup, and that's, so he's trying to drive people in. That's one of the questions so. with Matt McLean as well because. He walked 31 times and struck out 115 times last season. We need another season to see if that starts to correct itself. His average was great, as you yeah, alluded to. Because yeah. with some of these guys, you see a big drop in batting average, get to the major, major league level. Then the next season, boom, it's better. Look, it's Same thing. The guy and hitting... that's the case with Bryson Stott. You know, in 2022, he batted 234. And then in 2023, we saw 280. So, and if you look at his minor league numbers, 280 is more in line with what. Oh yeah, of a he's a 300. He, he his uh, his uh, his 2021 where he hit where he played in um, from single A all the way to triple A. So in three different leagues, he hit 300 with an 867 OPS. Yeah. Um, walked 65 times and struck out 108 times. So it looks great. Um. Yeah, he, he didn't steal as many. Bases he's swinging as what more he's because he's doing. hitting in the middle of the lineup, trying to drive guys, and that's supposed to getting on base. Mm. Yeah, and that's okay when you've got Kyle Schwarber and Trey Turner. You can't take them out right. of what they do best. Yeah. So yeah, I rank Bryson's dot seventh. I still think even where he's at, there's room for more because of his age, and he's going to continue to get better. And he is. Very, very durable. 16 home runs in that uh, 418 at-bat minor league season in 2021. So, you know, the 15 home runs might be about where he's at. Major league level. Yeah. The 31 steals, I feel like that's definitely repeatable. Uh, The 280 average, I feel like that's what you're going to get. This is turning into a player that I think is kind of very safe. You know, this is... This is mm-hmm. kind of like that player that is like, okay, you're not going to get the cream in the crop, but this, you're you're solidly above average with Bryson Stott holding on to second base, and you can kind of set it and forget about it because he does not get injured on offense. Yeah, uh, and almost 600 at bats last season, and so, every reason to think it's gonna, we're going to be over that. I'm so excited to talk about this next player, Jay. Okay, guys, so I alluded to this, this ideal stat floor earlier in the show. All right, Luis Arias. I rank eighth, which is higher than the industry consensus for two reasons. Number one, he is a even better player in a deep league, such as what we're talking about, 16-team or 15-teamers, you know, because he's... Such an outlier in batting average. Oftentimes, a lot of these leagues include other statistical categories outside of your standard runs, home runs, RBIs, steals, and batting average. Now, Luis Arias, even without that, Luis Arias hit 354 last year. And I believe for contact, he hit like 316 or 320 the year prior. Do I expect him to hit 354 again this year? No. This number isn't doing him justice. He leads off. He hit 354 
over like I didn't look up over 600 plate appearances. So that's even better. It's not like this is a small sample size. This is about as big of a sample size you're going to get. And right. he did that for the whole year. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. He's not going to run. No. He's three stolen bases last yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. I think he doesn't have to. If the lineup get on base that much, you don't a really little need. bit behind him. Yeah, that seventy-one runs, I can very easily see turning into eighty-five, ninety runs. Mm. And then here, here's here's is Jorge Soler coming back to you know? Hit him. But if they need somebody. Sounds better. like probably not. You know, if they get a full healthy season, Jazz Chisholm, I'm kind of laughing at myself by saying that. But they actually <laughs> not in center field. Of Jazz Chisholm uh, hitting there, that might actually help someone like Luis Arise. But that that being said, yeah, take him for what he is. He's such a standout batting average. What people don't realize, let's throw in a couple other categories here. Let's let's throw in the hits. The two hundred and he hit two hundred and three. The he thirty had doubles. Three hits. He had thirty doubles. I'm glad you said that, Jay. That was my other one. So a lot of these other categories that you can throw in a deeper leagues because you have to throw in other categories to deepen the player pool when you have so many teams. Uh, a lot of our home leagues that we play in do have hits and doubles. Yeah. Um. So, but that being said. This this stat line, this ideal stat floor for the average of the, my top 16 second baseman, Jay, the average was 301 and the OPS was 876. He's such a standout. People are going to be like, well, if you take Luis Arias out, second base isn't that great. No, you take Luis Arias's batting average and stats out and just divide it amongst the other 15 players. It's still a 297 batting average. This position by far and away supersedes all of the other infield positions in in their their averages. And I'm, I'm trying to get comfortable with these statements that you're making. I, I you got to get comfortable if you're going to wait. I on see second where it's base, coming from. I just you get the numbers don't lie, Jay. Everybody has their biases. Luis Arias is here to prove the industry wrong, and they keep shoving it back in his face, saying, well, he's only a batting average standout. He's negative everything else. Well, I will argue part, he's not a negative in everything the, else. Yeah. He, he's not. He's status quo and runs, so he's average there. Well, he could be better than average because Minnesota— That's not his fault. Minnesota was the proving ground, and now it's like— this dude, if you don't hit this dude number one in your lineup, like now you're he's a leadoff hitter. He's the best leadoff hitter. He's the hitter. best leadoff okay. hitter. Okay. Oh, so and it, well, that wasn't okay. always on, the come case. Come on, come on. Ronald Acuna is the best okay, leadoff yeah, hitter. No, sorry. sorry. Nobody has this skill set. Quintessential. This is the on quintessential on base. On base. Leadoff hitter. hitter. You can also argue Kyle Schwarber in his own way. Yeah. Zary been doing different things. Except for the batty average being about yeah, 150 well, points worse. Here you go. You have Kyle Schwarber on your team. You get yourself some Luis Arias to balance out the the thing that right. Kyle Schwarber is right. not good at. Right. 
and you don't have to worry about it. Right. You can set both of them in your lineup and forget about it. Yeah, I agree with you. It, you can do things to where you can get Kyle Schwarber in your lineup and not not worry about how he's hurting you with average. That's that's. I think you have to kind of do that when you're, especially in a deep league like ours, when you're when you're rostering a guy like that. So, so yes, yeah, I'm pretty much sorry on the same page with you. No, no, it's fine. Um, Luis Arias. My point: the deeper was, the league you play in. The more higher he should be ranked. That is my argument. If you if you're going ten and twelve leagues, homie, fine, you can drop him outside the top ten because of his upside. But at the same time, like he is what he is. He's going to give you a, at least a three ten batting average every year. And I, aside from maybe Acuna right now, I don't know any other player that can do that. Because of the way the game's gone, the batting average each of the, like the last three to four to five years, the average lead batting average has gone down. I believe it's now in the two sixties. I don't know if he's gonna so even if you give hit you two seventy. You're a plus on average. No, he he's gonna give you double double digit home runs this season. Like what in hit? Miami, he, he hit, hit 10, ten last year. Well, half of his games aren't in Miami. I'm guessing he uh, hit a lot of those ten on his torrid streak that he went on last year. But I think anyways. he did. I, I think. Um, yeah. Okay, let's talk about Nico Horner. Next okay. on your list, number well, nine here. Let's not talk about it too much because I just talked about him a lot Fair in enough. the last. But but go ahead. What do you want to well, talk about? Well, I want to talk about who who is this guy? He, he again, you know. Looking at his minor league career, which is very short, brought up, that's kind of part of his deal, right, is that he was brought up rather quickly, and he's had to develop at the major league level. But in, in 2019, playing rookie ball in, in double-A ball, he, he only stole eight bases and got caught four times. Um, walk and strikeout ratio wasn't bad. He batted 292. You know, jump ahead to last season in the majors where he stole 43 bases, uh, walked 49 times, struck out 83 times, 283 batting average, 729 OPS, nine homers, which I think that that's really in line with. He only hit three. Yeah, you're going to get pretty minimal power. Yeah, he only. But yeah. Here, let me tell you before you keep going. Sorry to keep playing off the guy I was just talking about. No, no. Well, let's, let's compare Luis Arias and other categories outside the average. Because exactly. Nico Horner is a batting average standout, right? Yeah. Like he yeah. hit 283, and that's in line where he normally hit. And that is a plus. You 98 runs last season. Yeah. Luis Arias' OPS, this is also people don't realize, his on-base plus slugging percentage was 862. Right. Like, so, again, well he's over not 100 just points a batting average standing, standout. Yeah. Like, his, his hits, his doubles, his OPS, they're all there. What did Horner hit? Horner's OPS was 729. Yeah. That's less than desirable. That's... I I worry with Nico Horner that people think he's something different than what he is. And if yeah. people would just draft him for what he is, which I believe I believe his runs, 98 runs, could he replicate that again? Yeah. Will he? I'm not confident. I give him maybe a 30% chance of replicating that. But he's not far off. I, I I view Nico as a ninety home runs, 
sure, give him the nine, a, a 90 run, nine home run, you know, the 65 RBI, 25 to 30 steals, not 43. I, yeah. th- I think people are going to realize that the changes they made in the game last year, now everybody has years worth of data, and yeah. there's going to be a, a, a change to that change. Because yes. it's like... When a new With hitter pitching. comes in the yeah, league, right? They're going on. And they're adjust. doing really well. And then all of a sudden, the pitchers have an update on them. They start throwing them different stuff. And his numbers go down. And then he has to react to the pitcher's reaction. Yeah. So I think the league as a whole is going to see all these, a lot of these players. Nico Horner's a good example. A player we're going to about to talk about here in a couple of spots. Another one. Um some of these steals, I don't believe, are going to stick. I do think Nico's going to keep running, but I, I would say probably more 25 to 30. And I think now, if he gets back in line with, you know, um, walking more and striking out less, then we're going to see a better OPS. and 283 average? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think he could hit 290. I, I think the sure. 280s is where he belongs. But unfortunately, I think that 729 OPS is true. That's why he belongs in the one or the two hole because he's 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 a good guy at getting on base, so you can hit home. But he doesn't have much power, and that's why I rank him where I do. But I still feel like, in my mind, even at that price. I'm not. I'm not paying that price. Like, that's the thing. why? Why? Why what, pay for Nico Horner this top one hundred when you can position. get Luis Arias at like one forty or one fifty? Why? Tommy Edmond post two hundred J. Right. Sure. That's what I'm saying. You give me What's Tommy Edmond post two hundred. I'll take it all day. Tommy Edmond one fifty. I want nothing to do with. You want Tommy Edmond on one fifty? No. Oh, okay. No, sir. Uh, the round of what you're talking about here, my number ten. Um, sorry, guys, a little tangent there. Gleyber Torres. Now, I was kind of conflicted as to ranking, differentiating Gleyber Torres and Hostown Kim because like, I feel like Hostown Kim and Nico Horner are very similar, but ultimately I chose to put Torres on the ten spot. I think. Torres is a perplexing player to me. He is. Because he hit 273 last year and he hit 20. He hit. Sorry, I'm pulling this up. He hit 25 home runs, only 68 RBIs, but he did score 90 runs and he did hit for 800 OPS. Like, I would definitely be down for that stat line. The, the thing about that I don't understand, he's, he's in danger. On his cold streaks to be put into the bottom third of the lineup, yes. and it just depends on how he responds to that because he had a horrible twenty twenty two. Yes, and so well, I just yeah. I don't know if, if he's going to score ninety runs again because I don't know if he's going to stay in the top part of the lineup. He is, but he definitely got the home run power. I do think that he sits mid twenties home runs. I think so too, and I think. He is a statistically pretty similar, um, actually, to Cattell Marte, also three years younger uh, at age. This is age twenty-seven season for Gleyber Torres. We're we're hoping for a peak season here. Um, many it of my like he's been around forever. Many it does well because of all the hype. 
you know, when you and I are Cubs fans, so we know Cubs trade him, right? Gonna roll the chat and don't talk to me about it. Well, you know, I mean, and now we've got and we've gone through burn I mean, through Addison Russell, and still. we now have Nico Horner that yeah, we're well, talking about is, is which is fine. I'm okay with that in Addison a way. Russell had a little family problem there. Oh so. well, you know, yeah. Uh, so it, my point is with him. As with Cattell Marte, we're chasing the old 19. We're chasing the 38 home runs from, from 2019, which I think he can do 25 again like he did last season. Um, I liked the average and the OPS. I liked the fact that last season, Gleyber Torres walked 67 times and struck out less than 100 times. I love that, man. I'm loving and this, Jerry. I'm, I'm, I'm loving, loving it too. Your your fascination with, with plate discipline. And many of my... Like I say, many of my questions about him have been answered because of stuff like that. So I, I don't have as many. I'm like, what's not to like about him, really? If you take away all the hype and all the expectations and all the – speaking of expectations, another thing you made me think of when you're talking about him is that you're talking about him getting moved to the bottom of the lineup. Totally understand that risk. But he is obviously the Yankee organization it, they believe in him, and they've done everything. They've other people that could ascend have had to wait. Other people that you know could be performing better or like need a, a chance to get at bats um, at the major league level have to wait because so they have here's what Torres. I see with Torres. Here's right? what I see. I mean, with the addition of Juan Soto and a healthy Aaron Judge, as long as Torres. Hits two fifty ish, then he's gonna have a healthy amount of home run, and that RBI total is gonna go up because of the presence of Juan Soto in that lineup. However, if Torres starts the year off hitting below the Mendoza line, hitting like his weight, then I think. Well, I don't. I shouldn't say the weight because I I really don't know how big of a guy is. But let's say he starts hitting less than two hundred for a while, and he he gets sent down to the bottom of the order. Then that bottom of that Yankees order isn't as good. Now here's the thing: he's well, only got. It's very hard to figure out you how have, this is all going to shake out. Yeah, you have. You Alex look at the Verdugo in town now. Yeah. What are you on the roster resource? I look at Roto Champ. When I look at projected lineups, and I know that Roster there are resources. other resources out there, but you know this is what I this is what I typically look at when I look at projected lineups. And so I, I understand that sometimes this is a little. What does Rodu Camp say at the current projected Yankees lineup is? Um, Lemayhew, Juan Soto, Aaron Judge, Anthony Rizzo, Gleyber Torres, Alex Verdugo, John Carlos Stanton. Volpe at eighth and Austin Wells at the bottom of the order. So that's pretty close. It's close, they, but I, there I, are I questions. There, there are some. There are Look, questions. There. I see. Depending on how Verdugo starts, I can see him leading off every day. I, DJ LeMahieu is a, getting a along in age. He is. We're we're we. He's now. I could also see Rizzo going down and Torres moves up. But I think they did that for the righty-lefty, yeah. and that is important. It is. the Yankees don't have a lot of left-handed bats in that lineup. I do feel like 
Well, now it's hard to see Soto Stanton and being pushed down to seven. But he's not done anything. He hasn't, and his batting hurt. average has been and poor. He looks so horrible on the bases. He looks. Giancarlo Stanton, I was looking at this, and his fall from grace has just been so diminished by the fact that he's just been gone. Like, yeah, he just not can't seen stay it. Healthy, so. But his game is diminished, and it's diminished because his body is so big that he just, as he's aged, he's not agile enough to make some of those movements, and his swings are more stiff. Right. And so it's not as fluid putting the barrel on... He's not able to get the barrel on the ball when as he much does, as he used to. He's yeah, still when he does, home runs. It's, it's gone. It's gone. Yeah, he's still an he's still a an exit velocity like dynamo, like period. End of story. Problem is he's not able to get the barrel on the ball enough because of you know his stature. Now I know I was about to and, ask if he, what if he stays healthy for most of the season. Jim Carlos stayed healthy for most of the season. I think he would still hit. Oh, I think he could break Aaron Judge's record, but I will never see it. Hitting two fifteen. Hitting wouldn't Judge hit sixty two home runs the other year? Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm I, just I, saying, I think like, he could hit more than that. If Stanton's get, if, batting average, if, if, if Stanton. Had 550 plate appearances, I think he could hit 70 home runs. I really do. I mean, look, we're, we're 40, Jay. We're steroid era guys, okay? Fine. We take that tag with us. Uh, here's the thing. Those guys, I'm not going to go into this, but Stanton at his size, sure. If he was able to get 550 playing appearances, I feel like 60 home runs totals 50, 55, 60, 65, it's not out of the question. I he just do laughed. it again. But he's last just not year, gonna do it. I had to laugh because they were still last year they were talking about that they were going to expect him to play in the outfield like 60 oh, games or something. That's what the Yankees it's, management was saying going into last season. And I just so I just had a good laugh. There's no way. <laughs> um, there was no way. Maybe and if so, he could squat, could you see him playing catcher? I, don't I mean, like, squat. all those many years ago, this he could have I mean, made I'm some. I'm not trying to he rip up Jim Kyler Stan. I think he is a great Yeah, yeah. Player, I don't want to take anything individual. away from him. Um, I and just, I think that many, probably many of the questions about his um, work ethic are all just, it's all about health. It's He understands, if I'm not right, healthy and right, like, you guys are expecting something of me that you can't. You know what I'm saying? You, you, the eye test. The problem he, is he does the not pass the eye test yeah. sometimes for the on the field effort, and that is not. You have to question that when you you have to question what you see, and you have to put it in perspective. Mm-hmm. Which is you and I have been fans of baseball for a long time, and and especially being fantasy people, we understand now that you have to keep these guys healthy. They they do no good to you. If you can't, so we know what we're seeing there. That's like it doesn't. You you don't you know you don't want him to run. You don't want him to sprint to first. You don't want him to sprint from first to third. You don't want him to try to get home. So you shouldn't look at that and and 
You shouldn't read too much into that. Anyways, we can stop talking. This is about second base. I know. So we, we can... We've gone off for the last, like, five to ten minutes on it's Jim okay. Power's stand. You know what? It's about the Yankees. It's about... That's well, we got they, on this. they got Jason about... Dominguez that's going to come back mid-year, and that's only going to make things better for them, but complicate yeah. the water for stand. I know. So, but they, we'll talk they, about that they don't really the have anybody else at third we, we base, so maybe DJ LeMahieu is going to play every day at third base and not DH, and John Carlos Stanton can get plenty of at-bats. I don't know. Maybe Stanton can play third base. Yeah, maybe he could play third base. <laughs> Anyways, on to the next five in, in my rankings. I rank... His awesome. legs would just break, oh, like, God. jumping for that ball oh, on, know, on yeah. that baseline. Like, his legs would just snap. Anyways, that's not what I want to see happen. No, it's all you right. You guys know. Jay, I like I like in the scenario to watching a bunch of IT guys doing our nursing jobs. Let's just get some popcorn to sit back and watch watch a bunch of computer nerds take care of patients. I, I, think, I have embraced. I have so embraced how much of a nerd I am at this point in life. I've realized <laughs> that I love looking at stat sheets. I love it. I love looking at spreadsheets and trying to be a savant and like yeah. make sense. Of we it. have to be. That's what this is about. It's a numbers game, and that's, that's why I'm telling about. you. I look you at the numbers Luis, and I look at the numbers and I look. At the you numbers take Luis Rice's three fifty four average out. Second base still has an average of two ninety seven. It's insane. I think you're you're. I think this is a little bit of a loaded topic still, even though I know you're taking him out. Or you take Mookie Betts out. Of the OPS. I think it's still a little bit of a loaded topic that you're presenting. Look but I don't want to. I don't think we have go time for tonight, me to pick holes in your. Go here. home tonight and look at the numbers of the players that we're talking so about. So we're, we're getting to. We're running into a time issue here. So yeah. we've talked about the top 10. Yeah, how, do we, we how do we tackle the rest of this list? Okay, so we're just going to go we got to talk about what's the difference theme. a little bit more. What's the difference? What's the difference? Who are these? Right. Who so, have we not mentioned? So we're going to go and what rapid is the fire right. with a couple, couple of pairs. We're going to say, all right, so I go 11 through 15. I go Hostan Kim, Zach Geloff, Spencer Steer, Brandon Dury, and Andre Jimenez. And my first one for you, Jay, is... What's the difference between Hostel Kim and Andres Menes? Great question. Um, can you I, can you speak to Hostel Kim's Korean League stats? Because I I didn't get to put them all down. Great play discipline, right? Uh, hit for a plus average two seventy two eighty, actually two ninety. But since he's been here in the big league, his Best season was this past year, and I gotta tell you, what people don't realize is he's kind of in a contract year. Yeah, it he he has a player. I believe it's a it's either a player or a team option for next year, but that's it. So that's it. You bring up a good point. Okay, so contract so what, year players you want to buy into, right? And so, what's the difference? Well, you brought up the plate discipline. Um, so. Uh, let me let me put it this way, okay? At age twenty eight, um, he's a little bit older than Jimenez, who's twenty five. But if he can if he can show that plate discipline this season, um, and you know, it, there's that the expectations are now he showed last season why, you know, everyone 
is valuing him like this. I mean, he he really flashed it last season, uh, Hassan Kim did. So I think that's really the difference because if you look at – so the last two seasons, Andres Jimenez has struck out 112 times and he has walked 34 times and 32 times. So I have a problem with striking out four times as many times as you're walking. I would do. I have a I have an issue with that. So that's one of the biggest differences there. Um and I think that, you know, uh Jimenez had twenty seven doubles and fifteen uh homers last season. Hassan Kim had twenty three and seventeen, very similar, but who do I think is more likely to have more extra base hits? Hassan Kim. You know, in twenty twenty four, so yeah, he's going to get all the run in the world. With the Padres don't want to spend money. He's going to hit in the top five in that lineup. Well, all that's year what long. I was going to say. Is I think that Jake Cronenworth has he's just shown that he he's belongs in the bottom it. of the lineup. Like he can't be. I think he's at the top good. where he was anymore. Yeah. I mean, he just his batting average just has not been what we were all hoping it would be over these several seasons. So I, I think. Um, and he's not your quintessential first baseman. I know I'm getting off track here, but well, he doesn't make my top twenty. So no, right. you're okay. You're on par because yeah, he's yeah. the second base eligible right. player. Yes, he he's been all over the infield eligible, but he's he's primarily their first baseman now. But that's that's what I would say about those two. So Hassan Kim, far and away, I would take him all day over Andres Jimenez at his current ADP. I'm struggling. Okay, I'm no. struggling with the valuation, and we talked about this on the third base podcast. Who the hell is going to draft Hassan Kim over Alex Bregman? I'm not Are me. Are you going to do that? Not me, no. And I know he's ranked higher. Not me either. Not me either. It's How? okay. This it's is, okay. This it is, is why okay. people make You want 40 stolen so bases. People You're not going to get be that contrarians, from, um, okay? you know, Arenado or Alex Bregman. Rankings so. are biased, so yes. are mine. It's okay. Now, you said we want to go through this. Well, I've the got, industry I, is biased. They are. About this. They are. I, we're so corrupt, Jay. It's okay. We all are. It's okay. We're all dirty. Um, oh, I'm gonna talk are about you Zach, talking about... I'm going to talk about Zach Cheloff or Zagelloff for like two minutes. And then I'm going to give you a what's the difference, okay? All right. All right, so Zach Kellogg, I want to explain this. This is my player to fade. Yeah, can and you speak why. to him a little bit? I will. I haven't analyzed I, his minor league. Most, most consensus rankings have him Actually, as have a the top right 10 here. second baseman. I've got him 12, okay? A lot of people, I've seen him ranked as high as 6 or 7. Here's my thing with him. I like the player. I like the player a lot. His minor league numbers speak to a player who's could be a quintessential twenty twenty player. Yeah, he's could consistently be, developing he's not all going, of these. He also played a lot of his minor league stats. games in the PCL. Yeah. That's one. But if you look at his double A stats, they were solid too, as well as his high A and his college stat. Yeah. So that being said, my knock on him is more team contextualized. First of all, that park, that outfielder is so cavernous. Like, like it's really hard to maximize home runs. You saw it with Matt Olson. Yeah, if you're I mean, looking for home 20 runs home runs. Also, right. there's no park. Thankfully, they're going to be moving to a lot of Vegas. So yeah. after this year, yeah. we don't have to worry about this. But 
from the foul pole line to the stands, there's more foul ground in that park than there is in any other park in Major League Baseball. So flyouts happen a lot more often in that park. Now that being said, God, he's what got was power. That? Like a he's freaking soccer speed. field, like freaking uh, Candlestick Park. Do they just do everything in they, there? They did everything in there. Yeah. So my thing with just poor fans. Anyways, keep it going. It's also what's around him. What yeah. can you count on? Ryan Noda, hey, let's hey, get Ryan Noda post three hundred. I love it. I'm yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like that. Like a bunch of guys. I like that. He's gonna play. Let's bat around. It's, yeah, get a bunch of singles. Get, and... Save him for your draft champions in your basketball leagues. You know, but Estuary Ruiz. Oh come on, that's the yeah. modern day version of Billy Hamilton. He, he is. That's what I was getting and ready you know, to say. So, so sure, you want this year, you're looking for sixty stolen bases and 40, no, 40, zero home runs, but not even the Oakland Athletics could justify hitting him and the top of the order, let alone playing him every single day down the stretch because of his average dip. Now, I do think that I do. I do think. He's with, very with, young, with though. Little, We're talking about yeah. someone who, with, well, he's a if gr- we could correct the mistakes of Billy Hamilton's career with him, he teach him how to get get on base and keep. He's okay. He's got enough speed to be able to be an adequate defense of the center field. The problem is he wasn't last year. By advanced metrics, he was a below average center fielder. And when you're a below average center fielder and a bad team hitting for a low average. I mean, you're going to be either hitting the bottom of the order or not playing at all. You know, they need to give as much guys exposure as possible because they got not a lot of substance there and they're looking for something. Hey, you know what we can say about Zach is that he's never had an OPS below 800 Who? In, a, in a baseball season. Zach Gillow. Yeah, so so there you go. I, I, I rank him low because of the park he's hitting in and the team he's on. That... Zach Gillow, let's put him on the Dodgers. He's my, uh, he's like, he's up there with Matt McClain. Then. If you put Zach Gallop on the Dodgers, for me, then that changes his outlook altogether. So that just goes to show you I fade him because of the team contact and what's around him. Um, okay, so what's the difference? Jay, I'm going to leave this to you. You have your numbers in front of you. What's the difference between Spencer Steer and Brandon Dury? Oh, yes, I love it. I'm so glad you said that. That was going to be my question to you. Well, I mean, Spencer Steer had 60 extra base hits last season. Okay. That's that's awesome. 60 extra base hits. 60 extra base hits, 37 doubles and 23 bombs. Like, it's awesome. The biggest difference right away that stands out is the stolen bases. That's something that Brandon Drury provided zero of, okay? But average OPS, very similar. Um, Counting stats, pretty similar. Um, Brandon Drury, I think, had some injury issues last year, so it doesn't have quite as many at-bats. Can I loop one more player in As here? well as he struggled. If I remember correctly, Brandon Drury had some struggles early in the season and actually lost some playing time. It was so bad. But then he got back to doing what we saw him do in Cincinnati that everyone was so, you know, impressed by. And, like, he became, like, a, you know, freaking fan favorite in a in a pre-Spencer Steer, pre-Matt McClain 
pre-Ellie De La Cruz, pre-all these people, Cincinnati, he, like, became, like, our best player. <laughs> so You say our, hey, the biggest, I'm not a Reds fanboy. If you are, like, that's fine. Well, I don't know. I think we've probably, I've probably talked about but, how... You know, my loyalties are a little bit yeah. torn. I, I grew up... We play fantasy baseball. Our loyalties are sure, very scary. But, now. you know, I became a Cubs fan, you know, as a as a young kid because of, you know, one of my cousins that was a big Cubs fan. But all my family's from Ohio, and so there's a lot of... There's, there's some of them are Indians fans. There's Detroit Tigers fans. My grandpa was like a Tigers fan. My other grandpa was a Reds fan. So many depressing names. It is. But watching the Tigers play late in the playoffs and in the World Series recently was a big deal. Um, It was the biggest deal for me, local sports teams. It was the biggest deal maybe since the Reds were in the World Series in 1989. But I I guess um, I would – you know, the White Sox in 2005, I just wasn't – I wasn't connected to the White Sox then the way I was as a child when it was like Frank Thomas and I think Michael Bo Jackson Jordan. even came to town Michael for a little Jordan while. Michael Jordan retired after Kansas City. I'm to trying play. To, yeah, yeah. So the you know those were good times. Those were good times, and I felt like Robin Ventura was on those teams, right? Yeah, yeah. So you know, I, I'm just saying that the Tigers playing in the playoffs and World Series where they got freaking swept is pretty ugly. But that was a big deal just for, like, Midwest, you know, sports fans. But anyways, um, what's the difference? Really, the stolen bases. And just age, age. upside. Um, So with fresher legs, he's able to get more extra base. They both play the first base position, yes. And I think you've got young upside with Spencer Steer and Brandon Drury. who, Who is, I guess to answer that question, we have to ask, who is Spencer Steer? Well, is what he a, a what is baseman? Is he a third baseman? Is he a left fielder? He's a utility, I guess. For, right the, for the Reds, is he an outfielder? Will he end up playing My in the outfield? My worry with Spencer Steer is he volumed himself to five hundred eighty plus plate appearances last year, and that he's going to be second in line on the chopping block to get the plate appearances reduced with the presence of Heimer Candelario in the lineup. Yeah, I feel like Kristen and Carnacho Strands at most danger. And then, then unless I trade Jonathan, you got Tyler Stevenson who needs at bats and needs. No, is he going to play first on the catcher podcast? No, 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 Jay, no, no, no. You know I beat him. He disappointed. I get it. He's got low exit velocity. You don't think he's going to hit any home runs, even though even in the most homer friendly ballpark, he couldn't do it last year. Spencer Steer in a in a brief. You know, showcase in 2022 in the majors hit 211. He came back last season in 2023 and hit 271 with an 820 OPS. So I love that. Walked 70 times, struck out 139 times. Don't like that, but you know that was the that was his uh, first you know almost full season in the majors. So what's going to happen in 2024? I don't know. Rank him 13. Let's see. He showed his ability to hit home runs in the in the minors, and uh, you know. in in his average was pretty good in in double A and triple A in twenty twenty two it was two seventy four in a full season of single A and double A in twenty twenty one it was two fifty four so you know I, who is Spencer Steer.
Good question. Who is Spencer Sears? We shall find out in 2024. Uh, we'll wrap this up here. Uh, okay, so here, here's what's the difference though. between what's the difference between Spencer Steer and uh, well, there's all these names right next to each other down low on this list. You got Brandon Lowe. Or I mean, yeah. I mean, we could talk about him, but what about Justin Turner or even Ryan? I was going to loop Justin. What's Turner the difference in. between Spencer Steer and all those guys? Especially since they're all second base eligible. So, Mister Ages, to answer your question, Spencer Steer is much younger than a lot of those guys. Will run more, and on top of that, plays in a very homer friendly ballpark like Colorado. Well, I think Cincinnati plays better than Colorado as far as home runs go. Colorado, if you're looking at like doubles and extra base hits, and Colorado and Boston probably take the cake because it's a great monster in Boston. But Cincinnati is the most offensive. Cincinnati and Colorado are the most offensive. Look, it's just the ability to steal bases. between all those guys? Like extra base hits. Isak Paredes. Isak Parade is, is on a team that's going to platoon him to death. And he still hits for such a low average that he's he is. You want him when he's high, and you don't even want him on your roster when he's not. Mm. I've, I've gone down the Isak Parade during a couple of years in a row now. Mm-hmm. Well, so, for when you get him for nothing, pick him up off the free agent. Why are you? I don't want to discredit some of the guys. But you're not the, drafting him. I think that's what you're saying. And he's not in I'm the not, top I'll twenty on your up, list. But I'm not drafting him. And no. he's not in. He didn't break the I top thought twenty. About it. I thought of it. Here, here's my thing. I wrap this. There's a guy that might retire, Justin Turner, but he just had a career year: 626 plate appearances at 38 years old, and he volumed his way to, I believe, it was 26 home runs or and 96 RBIs or 23, 23, yeah, 23 home runs and 96 and 96 RBIs. Okay, so. Look, will he repeat that again? Probably not. But hey, maybe he's holding out for a one-year deal somewhere where he can. He knows he can do the same thing. Justin Turner is a smart baseball player. And I don't know, who knows? Maybe he reunites with the Dodgers on a one-year deal. To, uh, you think, you think Justin old... Turner's four stolen bases was he just forgot where he was on the base pass oh and just God. ran? To, he just took Probably off running? Probably did. <laughs> But uh, anyway, sorry, no, it's okay. So look, he may retire, but if he doesn't watch out, don't discount him. That's all I'm saying. What? If he lands somewhere where he gets over 500 plate appearances, he is not a bad buy this low at second base. And crazy as it sounds, in most leagues he's probably not eligible at second base, but in Yahoo, he is. You know, so, you got, you look at number 20 on your list, Jonathan India. Yeah. This is a top 200 fantasy player we're talking about. And he, he's on the, is he? Jonathan India. You don't India. think so? And look here he is at number 20 on he's the list of second base. getting played in parents, taken away from him. He had a down year in a small park. When you don't perform... I punish you when you're at a place like Cincinnati. Yeah, Just but he like was, I punish he gets Tyler injured. Stevenson. This is injuries. That's another about. reason for me to punish him. I don't like to draft guys with soft tissue injury. Why? Because they have a higher percentage of recurring. Come on, Jay. We're nurses. Well, he you has that. He has a shoulder problem. He has. It's more than just his legs. 
I know. Unfortunately. There's soft tissue in the shoulder, too. Well, the shoulder is a real... That's a real cartilage and yeah, that's that's more than just soft tissue. Him playing second base has um, just it just requires so much diving and everything that I I I've seen this. Okay, I've seen him get hurt diving for balls. I ranked him twentieth. Yeah, Yeah. right below Uh, Brandon Lowe. Who speaking of injuries, yeah, he's eighteenth. Without the take away the injury problems. Okay, so so for the for the listening audience, I rank Justin Turner sixteenth. I rank Gavin Lux seventeenth. We didn't see him all last year, but come on, that loaded Dodgers lineup. He's gonna start at I believe shortstop, but he's eligible at second base. Yeah, because that's where he last played. Dude, what if he's getting on base for the top of that lineup? If he lives up to his polished prospect. That's a guy here at seventeen that will shoot up. Are you that looking will for, shoot up? I'm not talking about draft. How many right. runs are we gonna talking about here? For Gavin Lux, yeah. Well, I can't see him cracking the top half of that lineup. Right, but I right. see a scenario where Gavin Lux hits like six. No, Tio is there, so six or seven. I do see a scenario there where he, if he has Teo. his top season, he has six or seven. Who's the sixth or seventh hitter in the Braves lineup? I mean, you're talking about... Tyler Murphy. Sean Murphy. Sean Murphy. Sorry, I keep saying Tyler Who's Murphy. Who's Tyler Murphy? Who's, you mean, who's Tyler you're Murphy? getting Tyler Stevenson Tyler and Sean no, Murphy mixed up. You no. are too, you Reds fanboy. Look, I rank... Tyler Murphy's yeah. a wide receiver for the Miami Dolphins. Sorry, guys. I know, I'm getting... Uh, I rank... I rank... I rank Gavin Lux 17, Edward Julian. Tyler Murphy. 18. Uh, no, sorry. Brandon Lowe, 18. Edward Julian, 19. And I round out with John Travis Darno. You know, maybe I'm mixing up those two guys' names. Oh, uh, that might have been it. Sorry. I don't, I'm just making excuses for. No, it's okay. <laughs> my dyslexia. Um, We talked about a lot, Jay. We have. We've covered a lot. We've made our way to the. You know, fifteen through twenty, which is you know, I there okay. again. You get to this point where you could throw so many names in that, and I, I just wanted to bring up some of them because I feel like when you're talking about draft price and and draft stock, you have to mention those names because you want to pay you know premium price for some of these second basemen. You got to ask yourself what's waiting so, down the list. That's correct. All right, so as we wrap up the show, I want to leave you guys with this nugget. Remember this. I talked to you about stats that are going to wow you. So, as we've done the position-by-position position recap, we are done with infield after today. We're going to the vast outfields later on next week. However, I'll leave you with this. The average stat floor that you may shoot to attain or in a ballpark, second base leads all infield positions with a stat line of 89 runs. Now, they... They, they give you 22 home runs, 78 RBIs. Those aren't leading. They lead at, at run scored, average, and by God, I swear, look at the numbers. Numbers don't lie on base plus slugging percentage. So this stat line looks like this. 89 runs scored, 22 home runs, 78 RBIs, 18 steals, with a 301 average and an 876 OPS. Those last two numbers are the ones that jump out at you. 
Call me crazy all you want. These players we talked about. It's right we here, added man. Their I'm looking at the numbers. Year, the numbers don't lie. We, I, di- we divided them up and averaged the numbers, and that's what you come up with. Now, let's let's for all you guys that are going to struggle with this right now, let's, trying to get ready let's for take draft day, Luis dude. I'm struggling. Luis three fifty four batting average out. That batting average still stands at a strong two ninety seven, which is by far and away better than any of the other. Now, I will apologize to you guys. I didn't do the OPS without Mookie Betts' 900 plus OPS, but I know there's that the 876 is so high that without Mookie Betts' 900 plus OPS, that OPS is still well above eight in the mid 800s, and it's crazy. This is insane. But second base is average city, and it's run king. And so and many guys possible? with an over 800 OPS on the bottom of this list. That Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I and can see guys, where this Like Jeff this McNeil, we didn't even talk about him, but he's going to hit for a high average. I'm telling you, the numbers don't lie. So we talked about my player spotlight being Luis Arias. And without his average, it still stands at 297 for the whole position. I told you about my player to pay to Zach Chelos. Jay did a whole bunch of who, I want to say would you rather, but who is this? I want to leave you with this. Seven players in this position hit 280 or above. That number goes into double digits if you knock it down to 270. A 270 average is a plus in today's fantasy landscape if you can get a guy that hits 500 plate appearances of 270 average is a plus. So, this is the place to go for your batting average, folks, and possibly your OPS and your runs. Uh, that being said, I, I think unless you have anything else to add real quick here, I think this is a good point to sign off, Jay. Ah, I think I'm good, man. I, uh, I'm still trying to digest this for draft day. That's all I can say is who are they? Who are they? The players of the Keystone. They're giving you your average and your runs. Yeah, who are they? Some of them are like first basemen. They're not really second. Yeah, there's a lot of multiple positional. They're corner outfielders, you know, and that's what to me. That's what Spencer Steer is. So, but if you can put that guy in second second baseman, there you go. Right. All right. This is Jason and Jay. We're signing off. Have a great weekend. Yeah, have a great weekend. Thanks have for a listening, great guys. February, as we get into February, we'll see. Is you it soon. a leap year? Let's just let's just sign yeah. up with. We'll see you soon. We'll see you soon, and be well. All right.